Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey you guys, this is Josh. And Carolyn. With Homesteading Family and welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat food for thought. This week we're going to be talking about how to prepare for short-term power outages uh, because our power is out. <laughs> our power has been out for several days. They're telling us they don't know when they're going to turn it back on and this is not the first time that this has happened. So we thought it would be an appropriate thing to talk about how to make sure you are set up to handle uh, short-term power outages in your home. Absolutely. Um, first, a little chit chat and the subscriber question. So, right. what's up? What's going on <laughs> with you? Yeah, so first, for... if you're new to the pantry chat, we do some chit chat first before we jump into the main topic, but it's all time stamped for you. So, if you don't want to hear the chit chat, you can skip ahead and get to the main topic. Um, well, and you know, before we jump into that, even happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Tomorrow is yeah. Thanksgiving. And uh, so hopefully you have a wonderful celebration planned with friends and family and just a great time to take a moment to say thank you for the blessings of the year. So. And I don't know about you guys, but this is my favorite holiday of the year. Kids were asking me this the other day and absolutely hands down as far as a big holiday Thanksgiving is it. I just love it. It's about food and people yeah. and being thankful for what we have and um, without a lot of the commercialism. Yeah. I, I just really enjoy that. Really, really good Did time. We always have a full house of family and friends. Yeah. And um, just a really, really blessed time. Did anybody else notice that this year in the rush to get Christmas stuff on the shelves, Thanksgiving got completely skipped? So just talk Pretty about much. something that's not commercialized. Like that did not bother me at all. Uh, I was actually quite pleased with that. Like just just leave Thanksgiving alone. Just <laughs> I Good. love the just fall the decorations. I always mm. decorate for fall. It's my favorite favorite season, and so I love putting up fall decorations in the house. But they're not usually centered around Thanksgiving itself. So I really kind of like just the low pressure side of it too. Um, now, you know, when you're trying to make the gravy at the last moment and get everything hot to the table, it doesn't feel low pressure, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so, uh, that's been a bit that's been going on for us is just prepping for Thanksgiving, making yeah. sure we're all ready. You know, I made a mistake this year, you guys, <laughs> I've done this before. So you'd think I'd learn if you've been hanging out with us for a while, you've heard us talk about this tradition that we have in the house where years ago, um, when our children were first, the very first children were being born, mm -hmm, I think, we went and we got a um, two very nice, large um, cotton tablecloths, off-white tablecloths. Yeah, just, just plain. Plain, completely plain. And then every year at the Thanksgiving table, we have people take a fabric marker, like a washable fabric marker, 
and write what they're thankful for that year and their name and the date. And then usually right after Thanksgiving, I embroider those in. I go through and I actually trace them all and embroider it in. So this has become an amazing family heirloom in our house. Um, we've mm. got the handwriting of many people who have now passed away in our family. In families. our family. Yeah, yeah. Many, many friends. Yeah, guests. Over the years. And, yeah. and guests sometimes that have just been a guest one time. Because yeah. we, we often try to open the doors and have uh, a guest besides close uh, family or friends. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful piece of artwork and beautiful, beautiful memories that I think uh, our kids will cherish one day down the road. But last year, after Thanksgiving, I put the tablecloths away and I did not embroider them. Oops. We had 26 people at our table last year, which means there's 26 different things to embroider, little inscriptions, which does take a little bit of time. So I'm, I've been scrambling to play catch up here and I... I think I'm going to be good for tomorrow's <laughs> meal. I think, I think we'll it's a lot be good. Of, it's, it's a lot of work. It usually takes a few weeks. It does. To, and, to get it all done. But the blessing of this is, is that because I was kind of in a scramble, I actually, for the first time, I don't know why I've waited so long, I invited my older girls to help. Which and is kind of surprising because they're usually I, involved in everything. They really this are. Is, this has been kind of yours over the years. I don't know why I haven't done this before, but it has been so amazing to just sit there and create these memories with them. Like, I don't know. I just, I found that really special. So anyways, that's been going on. And then I wanted to say, I am very excited. This is the first year this has ever happened. The Thanksgiving shopping list this year. Do you want to hear what we have to go, we've had to go to the store to buy specifically because we don't have it either produced on the homestead or bulk purchased or something we've made or created ourselves? It's celery. That is what I have to get for Thanksgiving. Better like, get that on the garden list. <laughs> we got Yeah, we better we have, figure we out grown, how to grow we that grown a lot and of keep celery. it fresh. And yeah. I mean, maybe just freeze it. But, um, but. Freeze dry. Wow. Freeze dry. There you go. We have never had such a light shopping list. And that just, you know, in some way that helps me to say, we're, we're starting to really dial in our food production systems. And that's pretty exciting to see that the, the shopping list is dwindling. So you can do it. This was not our story. Even last year, I had full grocery carts of things, it feels like. Um, I'm not sure what they were. Maybe it was I don't just know, because we, we haven't, add, we haven't added no that idea. much to the, you know, to the list this year. I mean, yeah. we grew more this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that we added something in that we wouldn't have had before. I don't quite but, know why it's working this way yeah. either, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it and say, <laughs> say we're doing it's a awesome. good job. It's awesome. We, we <laughs> often have a meal where we can look at the meal and, and basically everything, so I mean, salt, pepper, seasonings is from the homestead and like you said though i don't think we've ever had a thanksgiving because that's such a large meal and has so many pieces to it yeah that uh, that much of it is is from the homestead so yeah. very very cool very cool yeah. so what about you what have you been up to wow well dealing with this power outage right now and um we're we're definitely prepared um but not in a super sophisticated system so it's got management to it uh, we're spread out, and so we have several generators always ready to go and fuel always ready to go. Um, but we have to pull those out. We have to manage them. We have to refuel them. And we get power outages regularly, but it's usually for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And if we think it's for a few hours, we don't get anything out. We usually just deal with it for up to a day. 
Um, that's usually we can just get by with what we have. Um, you know, we've got our fireplaces, we've got wood cook stove. After a day, we start needing power. And um, so we've got to get these systems out and get the generation generators in place, sometimes cords in place to keep our water system running, keep part of the house on. So um, really just kind of keeping those things working. Yeah. And um, usually when we have a multi-day, it's, it's not this time of year. It's usually earlier in the year. So, oh, a multi-day outage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually multi-day outages come uh, in late summer or fall. For us, they're usually tied to wind events more than anything. And our right. wind tends to come kind of the August. end of summer, yeah. maybe August time. Um, and this year, it, this was, again, a wind event. And uh, it was now. <laughs> yep. Let's see. So keeping those running. Let's, I harvested a deer a little bit ago and had that hanging. And then the weather warmed up. We don't usually get 50-degree weather in. Yes. Um, uh, in November, it's usually much cooler than that. Yes. And uh, so I had that hanging in the barn and had to scramble a little bit. And actually, it came out great. It's well-aged and good. And I think mm -hmm. you're doing a nice big roast yep. this evening uh, for some guests that are coming over. Big leg roast. So I had to scramble to get that in. And, um, well, with the power going out, we hadn't ran a generator to the barn. And... We brought our oh. cows back this year, you, if you guys saw that, and they're in temporary fencing. I've got about 17 acres, and it's a single-wire electric fence. Mm -hmm. And then the barnyard is separated by that. We've got our dairy cow, who has a calf, who's with the beef cows, and there's always a little bit of drama going on there. And usually the cows aren't too quick to push the fence, but the power was out. I didn't really wasn't really concerned about getting a generator up there for the fencing. They're usually pretty respectful, but when you got a mom and a calf cow that are still talking to each other even after months of separation. Um, so they got out and the dairy cow actually got out with the beef cows. Now, boys <laughs> took care of that because I was out yeah, you uh, working and in town and um, they they got that done. But uh, that was another little bit of drama and we realized, okay, we've got to keep the generator on the barn and keep the electrical, <laughs> electric fence powered up. And uh, so our goal next year, this has just gone up the meter as yeah. we're in these first few years of doing infrastructure. And we've known this is coming, but this, this round has been a good one this time of year with things being out where there's no feed. If there was grass out there, the cows wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be pushing the fences too much. Um, it's a good time. Next year we'll be getting in, I think, a uh, inline, inline yes. generator. Time, time for that year four. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. That in. So, anyways, we're just kind of getting tucked in for winter, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And things are starting to slow down outside, which is great. Yay. Starting to feel that and um, getting the additions done. Right. We're working, yeah. painting with the kids and uh, trying to get the kids into their bedrooms um, by tomorrow. Yeah. Before tomorrow. Yeah. Today. We're close. We're close. Yeah. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> so we'll see if we can wrap it up today. Yep, yeah. Trying to carve out a little extra time. Good. Yeah. So lots going on. Good. Good. All righty. Well, let's get to a question of the day. And I don't have a name on this one, but um, it's a good question. I know a lot of people are thinking about this. They have been all year and um, people are continuing to. And so... The question is on choosing a state to move to. Uh, what are the what is the process of research? Where do you research, and how do you begin to pick a place? Uh, That's a pretty in depth question, and maybe um, and we're talking like, a place like moving to a whole different, a whole out of state from one state, state to another. Okay. I don't know where this person is as far as what state they're moving from, but they're looking at both sides of the country. Interesting. Um, they're looking on the east coast and out here in the northwest. Um, 
And I feel like we've covered a little bit of this in an early pantry chat a couple years ago. But I think it's about time where we can do a new one. Yeah. But but for just a quick answer to help you guys that are really in the beginning stages of thinking of this is you, you really have to research it um, based on your preferences. What, what are your main reasons? Um, you know, for us, there were a few core reasons. One, we wanted to maximize, we wanted a state that maximized personal freedom. So usually we're gonna say that's probably a more libertarian state in the way it handles its politics. Um, so you can research states from that way and there are websites that will talk about it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Another one that was important to us was the protection of homeschooling rights. Yeah and our ability to educate our children and choose how they're educated. And so HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, um, has a fantastic site on that if education's important to you. Um, medical freedom mm -hmm. is another one that was very, very important to us that we had the freedom to make our choices mm -hmm. for our family and for our children. And so those are just a few of the guidelines of our kind of uh, up there top guiding principles, but then we've still got to be, you know, you got to be thinking about jobs. You, yeah. you really need to be thinking about um, who's around you? Do you have an, what we call an anchor? Do you, you know, is it anchor your job? You know, hopefully it's not a new job if that's the case, or you've got family or friends, you want to have some connections. So yeah. that's important to consider. So in a, in a short answer, you have to put those pieces together and then do your searches based on that. And there's some neat information out there. I did a quick search and came up with one site here. I'm not, uh, this is a travel blog and I'm not necessarily promoting their blog, but they had a good approach where they picked a state for best career growth because that's important to a lot of people. And they said it was Utah. I don't know if that's true, but um, you know, that's a good topic to be thinking about. Um, best state to raise a family in is another good topic. They said Minnesota, uh, Massachusetts for education. And again, we're not necessarily agreeing with all these it just gives you things to search. I mean, California, best weather all year round. I think that's got to be the only reason people are staying in California. But um, we're sorry, from there. We're sorry from, if you're in California. We're, well, we can say that. We're Southern California natives, and the weather is wonderful. Um, you know, Mississippi being the least expensive state. So anyways, you go. you gotta you got to take your priorities and do your searches according to that and kind of sleuth it out and put it together. So We actually, when we were originally looking, actually created a chart of our top items, the things that were the most important to us. Like non-negotiables? Yeah. Th yep. Things that we just had to have as, as good. And then as we were researching, and this was especially true about the legalities, like what the what the climate was legally in mm -hmm. a state, yeah. um, we would check and exit off and then we could look at it and be like, wow, look, these three states actually hit all of our buttons. Now let's look at the other elements and, you know, what kind of a place do we want to live and what's the environment we want to mm -hmm. live in? What's the job possibilities and do we know people there? Um, so we actually, you know, went after it like an act, a, a very analytical way mm -hmm. to start with an actual chart. And I recommend that because you can spend a lot of time, at, honestly, a lot of emotion, um, kind of just starting to dream about where you may want to go before you figure out if it's going to fit your qualifications. Yeah. And you really, you got to have that good practical guideline in there to guide your emotion because you can get tied to a place that doesn't work for you. 
Um, and one more that we really didn't mention that it ties especially to the homesteading life is kind of knowing how you think you're going to live. Um, you know, that gets into the land, but, you know, different regions, different areas have different types of land. And so what's your homesteading lifestyle going to be based on? Are you going to be heavily gardening? Are you, you know, going to be starting heavily with animals and what kind of animals? Or maybe you're small scale and you want to be in a community that produces a lot around you and you're going to be, you know, maybe living with timber and making a living from that. So you, whatever it is, you, you need to include those thoughts as well as yeah. how you think you're going to live that kind of homesteading lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll consider doing a deeper dive on that in the near future because yeah. I know that's on a lot of people's minds. Yeah. But... And, and let us know in the comments if that's something that you would really like to hear about, if it's something you're considering and would love to hear us talk about. Yeah. Your feedback, if, if you'd like to see that, we'll bump that up on the list as far as upcoming pantry chats. Yeah. And uh, very good. Uh, but coming back around to the topic of the day and the power going out. How to be prepared for short-term power outages on the homestead. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. This is a good one because, you know, we're starting to see, can I say without sounding alarmist, some instability in some of our infrastructure systems. Oh, a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know some states, California being one, is starting to have rolling brown and blackouts. Yep. Um, and this, this is going to be an ongoing issue. I mean, we live in an area where it's fairly natural. We get wind storms or heavy snow and they, the power lines go out. Usually they get, they're pretty quick about it. Mm -hmm. So it's normal for us to have short term, but bigger events, people are experiencing it more yeah. and it's going to be coming more. So it's more and more important, even if you're not off grid and we're not totally off grid. And that's not, we don't think that's the first thing. It's not the first thing we want to focus on. We'll mm -hmm. get there, yeah. but we're building up to that. Yeah. So I know a lot of you aren't. And so where do you start? Where, where, where do we start with getting prepared? Yeah. Um, for me, one of the first places is just simple backup lighting. A lot of the time the power goes out, it's nighttime. Yes. And <laughs> it seems like that's a huge percentage of it. So this seems, you know, this might seem kind of basic, but even we're pretty prepared people and sometimes we haven't had our systems in place and it can be a scramble if mm -hmm. you're getting up in the dark and having to deal with things and you don't have ready lights at hand. So you want a variety of light sources and we've got a couple to show you here. Yeah. There's a lot of good technology over the last decade that's come up, some relatively new. And one of my favorites right now is this solar flashlight and they have a lot of different products by um, Hybrid Light. And we are an affiliate for them and we'll include a link in here, but you should really go check out their products. They're solar charged or they have most of them. I'm not sure if the flashlight does. I don't see a port for this. Most of them you can charge by plugging it in. They say these are supposed to last seven years at a full charge. So once you charge them, they should sit on your shelf and stay right. fully charged yep. and ready for you. Now, that's better than any flashlight you're going to get with just regular batteries. Well, and that's what's great about today's technology is going away from, um, you know, replaceable batteries that you got to take in and out. And, you know, we went from regular battery storage to rechargeable battery storage now to things that have the batteries built in and there's different ways to charge them. Yeah. And so a thing like this, you can have it in your nightstand. You can have it close by. It's easy to get to. And they have other styles, um, one that's similar to a Goal Zero. I'll show you here, but you need lights. You need to have lights close and you need to have enough to spread out in a few rooms in the house mm -hmm. while you're dealing with your other backup systems. And if you've got some challenges, maybe you haven't ran your generator in a while or whatever, yeah, you want to at least have some basic lights uh, going. You always have the challenges yep. at the worst moment and not having light makes it 10 times well <laughs> and i had one of those days yesterday where it was like you know power went out the night before we didn't really you know we, we let it go for a little while we're not too worried about it 
next morning, okay, you know, we got to start getting our systems in place. And I just had one of those days where I was like, as soon as I got out of bed, everything was working against me. <laughs> and when those days, ha they always happen. I tell my boys this, especially like you can just plan when things go wrong, it's going to be like the most inconvenient time in the most inconvenient way. That's why it's so important to have systems in place right. and, and to try to be ready. So <laughs> something like this that's stashed close to you. So if the power goes out at night, you've got to get up, you've got light quick at hand, mm -hmm. and then you've got some lights that can light the rooms with. This is one that we like. It's a goal zero. It folds down. It sits here. Um, I'm going to turn it on. It's a little bright, Yeah, check. but it has a couple settings. This will light a very large room yeah. and it's got an internal battery that you can charge by USB. So we try to keep these charged, but it also has a hand crank. Don't depend on the hand crank unless it's an emergency and you have that, to. Yeah, you, it you, takes a long time. Keep it, keep it charged and have it ready to go. It, it, the batteries work great. It lasts a long time. But if you get into an extended situation, this will get you some power. And it sets and it hangs. So we've got some places where we hang these. And um, this works great because even in our house and our generators, only a portion of the house, only the main pieces are charged by the generator right mm -hmm. now. So we still use these the whole time that the power is out. Yeah. And um, these are great. They're not super inexpensive and they're more our less expensive versions. Um, I just don't want my tools like this failing when I need it most. So I tend to go for, you know, a, a little higher quality and, and that has worked well for And did us. you say what this one is? This is a goal zero, goal zero and we'll get you a link to the site and we're trying to work on some resources for you, see if we can get any discounts, but I sure can't promise that right now. Um, but we'll at least get you a link to these and these have been great. Um, another yeah. version that we'll share another time is they have little solar panels that you can then use to charge some of these devices with yeah. as well during the day. Yeah. Um, one other light that I want to share with you that's critical to our homestead, and that is a high-powered light mm -hmm. on a piece of property because you may need to be checking things out, you know, when the power's out or heading out somewhere. This is called a waypoint, and this is a waterproof. It's, it's actually a marine, you know, for, for being out on the boats, but this thing is super rugged. It's very, very bright, holds its charge well. And so for an extended bright light, we keep a couple of these around as well. So it's kind of a spotlight and we use this thing constantly, mm -hmm. not even in power outages. Like well, and it sets just at up, night, yeah. it is a, a great way to be like, hey, what's going on out there in the pasture? You yep. know, and being able to really see a long ways away. I keep one of these close to the bed and then one close to the door. And these are great. So you just, you need to have a variety of lights that you know are going to work. Uh, and the reality is, is you tend to put them away and forget about them. Mm -hmm. And that's where having some of these battery options that last better than just regular old AAA batteries or AA batteries we found work a lot better. And we don't find ourselves in a jam like, why won't this thing work? So let's talk for a second about what a lot of people uh, think of when they're planning for power outages, and that's that they want to have candles or oil lamps. Mm -hmm. You guys, I love candles. And we have. <laughs> that's that's and we my have, favorite option too. Yep. But when you need to just get light right away, they really aren't the best option. <laughs> you know, for one, they're not going to light up a whole room very efficiently. Two, how many times do you go over light a candle and you don't have the the right, you know, a lighter that's actually working or you don't have a match or mm -hmm. something like that on hand. So making sure that we have these, even if you want to use candles, 
uh, for different parts of a power outage is still important, I feel like. Well, I think it's still an important part of the strategy because things fail and, you know, these resources that we're showing here have worked very well for us over the years and it's a big step from just, you know, D-powered battery, you know, yeah. flashlights or even AAAs, AA's, like I said. But technology does fail. Candles, if you got a lighter, it's going to work. An oil lamp, if you have the pieces, it's going to work. So it is a bottom tier backup and we still have all our oil lamps on, on mm -hmm. a shelf and we have oil and we have candles and books of matches stashed away so that we do have those. But there are more fuss and more management. So when you're under stress, you wanna use the tools that, that work well. Yeah. So getting things lit up is that first thought, right? right? Is making sure that you have light, you can see, you're safe. Um, next, we start getting on to needing power for heat. Right? Yeah, that's and right. If you're dependent on electricity for heat, this is really important to plan this. This morning, we woke up in the middle of the power outage. It was 16 degrees. So outside, yeah. Out, yeah, outside. Um, so if we were dependent on electricity in the middle of this, we, we would be hurting if we weren't set up. We would be. We actually, our, our furnace does work when the generator's plugged in, mm -hmm. but we rely on wood heat. So again, wood heat, you know, like the um, like the candle, it's going to work for you no matter mm -hmm. what's going on. There's not a technology fail there, failure there generally. So if you can, you know, have a wood burning stove, have something like that to take care of your heat issues. If you don't, then you need to be developing what we're going to go into next is just a, a temporary short term, you know, generation system where you're going to generate power. You want to get a system where you can get your heater power to your heater. Yes. Right. Um, you could do space heaters um, as part of that, especially short term, if you don't have the time or the resources to do a bigger electrical overhaul. Mm -hmm but you need some sort of heat plan for your house and you don't want to be using propane in your house generally or some sort of you yeah. know gas burning fuel um people have killed themselves doing that you don't want to use the stove you don't want to leave the oven open uh, and heat your house during the night there's just all kinds of problems with that yeah. so this is where you get into you know backing up your electrical system with a temporary generator and um there's a few different ways to go about that. A real quick way to do it without doing any electrical overhauls on your house is a generator that can have several ports and running um, extension cords. We had to do that yep. when we spent some time in California yeah. a few years ago um, when, uh, during the time of a death of a loved death of a loved one. And in the summer there were fires, the bad fires mm -hmm. in California. We lost powers at her parents' house for two weeks. And there was no backup generator, but we had like four generators and we ran things <laughs> we ran with things extension cords. Yeah. yeah, and it worked. And we kept yeah. all the essentials. We kept the refrigerators, the freezers going. Mm -hmm. um, we made the things work. So at least have a generator backup. I like uh, the Hondas or the Kohlers. Those, um, those things, you can let them sit for a year. You shouldn't. You should run them, test them, change the fuel out. But they can sit for a long time and they work. And again, I know a lot of times people want to buy the cheaper product. And some of those work really well. And so if you've got experience with a brand that you like, great, go with it. Um, but I don't want to be trying to fix a motor and fussing with something when we're right. in that kind of situation. So I, I want an engine that's dependable and that's going to get us power up right away. Yeah. So you got to think through that and, you know, what size generator do you need? What kind of fuel are you going to use? Having some backup fuel on mm -hmm. hand and then what kind of cords if you're going real basic like what we explained, mm -hmm. which is a great place to start. You don't have to, yeah. you know, overhaul your electrical system yet. You're going to want to work towards that. 
but that is a really great place to start and you can get power to your key places um, with the generator. And you do even have a lot of those generators will want run your 240 and so you can run some of those other higher draw um, appliances and you'll have to look to see if your heater is hardwired or how that works. But those are the things you want to start thinking about. So let's talk about what some of those important systems are that do need to be powered and you need to make sure you have the generation capacity to power. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a few day, if it's a short term power outage, usually your deep freezers are going to be fine as long as you keep them cold. Unless, you know, possibly if you're in really hot temperatures at the time, then you may have to take some, some mm -hmm. steps towards that. But your refrigerator is not going to be fine. <laughs> so, yep. um, obviously, we've already talked about the heat. The refrigerator is probably a top thing. You don't want to lose food in that scenario, if possible. Right. Uh, any other ones you're thinking of? Um, well, for us, keeping our internet up, because... Yeah. We live remote and we need to communicate with you guys and our business is internet. So depending on what you do, if you're working from home, that may be a priority. Yes. And so figuring out how you're going to get power to that. Um, yeah. Laundry is another one that's not a necessity, but we're a big house. And so if we if we get to where we can't start doing laundry it's for a couple good. of days, <laughs> it adds stress to the household. It's a challenge. And so, you know, we that this time around, you know, we um, had to run a cord to get the dryer working. We're still having to hang dry mm -hmm. the to dry the clothes, but we're getting the wash machine, sorry, going. So that's another one you may want to think about. You know, you can get a few days and that really depends on your household, but mm -hmm. ours is big. And so we start getting three or four days and it, it, it that gets challenging if we can't wash clothes if you live out in the country if you have a well and you have a pump yep this is high importance you need to make sure you can get power to that pump because you need to get water <laughs> that's really important everything stops if you don't have water and it becomes an emergency really quickly well and so that's being outdoors so if you're if you're outdoors you're out i mean to say you're out in the country like carolyn was saying then you need your strategy for your own property if you're on a well or whatever your system is um, you need to have a strategy to run that. We have a whole generator that just runs our pump house mm -hmm. and takes care of our water there. Um, if you're in the city or you're on municipal water, usually they have backup systems that keep the water going, but they can fail. So again, this is a good point in prepping and being ready for power outages is you need to have backup water on hand. You should always have um, backup water on hand for your family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Another one is if you have all electric stove appliances like cooking, your oven and right. your stove. And a lot of people, especially if you're not out in the country, a lot of people are, you know, have just all electric. Um, yep. So you want to be able to heat your food or cook your food or whatever. So those would be kind of come become the top priorities. Let me let me give a little suggestion on cooking. Yeah. If you are on electric and you want an alternative to having to try to pull the stove out, plug mm -hmm. it in, whatever, then something like a Camp Chef propane stove is great. And if you've got a spot outside that you can place that to cook mm -hmm. on just near near a door, that's a great way to cook and get by in the short term. Wood My understanding is that uh, butane is safe. Butane stoves are safe to use indoors. So they have little butane burners, pot plate burners that you can use. Yeah, I'd be that... comfortable with that. Yeah, it's recommended under in uh, the National Center for Home Food Preservation. If you have to can on an oh. alternate thing and you have to do it Good. indoors, the butane would be the thing to use for that. Yep. So you can use that. Also, you could just get a really good quality hot plate that you can plug in easily to your generator. Would yeah. be another option if you don't want to 
pull your stove out. <laughs> Absolutely. So keep that stove going. And longer term recommendation, try to move towards a propane or if it's natural gas in your area mm -hmm. for things like your stove, your water heater, um, your heater if you don't have wood heat. Uh, well, you're, if you don't have electricity, you're not going to blow that air. So try to get wood heat. But uh, that propane is another level of resiliency against electric appliances where you can use it. Yeah. And it's, uh, or natural gas. It's um, very helpful. Don't wait until your power goes out before you start figuring these things out, you guys. When we were in California in the event that Josh was talking about, there were no generators available within, I think, a five-hour radius of where we were. We had friends who were not prepared and were out looking for them and were driving further and further and could not find any generators because so many people were out of power that everybody was buying the generator. So don't wait until you're in the situation to prepare for it. You're too late at that point. Then you're just doing emergency triage on the whole situation instead of being prepared for it and being able to like gracefully move through yeah. a power outage and just do what you need to do without being too disrupted. Good. So quick recap so that they don't have to go back okay. and you can just prioritize. You need just regular good backup lighting like to start, okay? Because mm -hmm. power often goes off in the dark. So make sure you've got your good backup lighting that's mm -hmm. powered up and you have a plan for that. Uh, you then have at least a generator or two to power your different systems with cords. You've checked links to power the basic places that you need to get up and going in the house. Mm -hmm. You have full fuel storage to back that up and you've got a plan for water and how you're going to get your water water storage and then for cooking yeah. and an alternative cooking source and if heat. you need it yes and yeah. heat okay i meant to say that in there and heat so mm -hmm. th those are your core things that you want to be thinking about and planning to you know start with planning to get through a week say mm -hmm. having enough of everything to get you by for a week and that is a good start down the road to dealing with uh, short-term power outages. There you have it, you guys. Take care. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. It's been great getting to hang out with you. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.